Kopitiam Conversations. This is Kopitiam Conversations. I'm your host, Winston, and my guest today is Daniel Lee Kwan Leong, co-founder of First Joy, a talent development and employee engagement solutions company, and serves as its principal consultant, trainer, coach, and author. Daniel specializes in leadership and thinking subjects that brought him to seven countries around Asia. He has recently pivoted and trained many online sessions. Amongst them, a session with more than 1,200 logins across Asia, Middle East, and Africa. Before his 14 years in the learning and development industry, Daniel was a lawyer for seven years, specializing in commercial and corporate litigation. In 2020, Daniel also started a YouTube channel with 18 personal development tips that summarizes two published books he authored, namely Success, Money and Passion and Eight Success Qualities of Outstanding People. Welcome, Daniel. Your company, First Joy, has been around since 2005, yes? In the business of talent development and employee engagement, or what the average person would call corporate training, how has the transition been for you to adapt to online platforms, especially at times like this? Yeah, I think the transition is quite fast. I think, I think the mother of all innovation is when there is a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the last year, I think last year when the pandemic happened, uh, ninety, almost hundred percent of all our engagement, which is uh, face to face. Uh, has been cancelled overnight uh, and of course some of them they will tell us that oh it's postponed but uh, after a few months they know that we are in for a long run and they cancel it so right. i think what we did is that of course we we sat down we have a lot of time in our hands uh, <laughs> yep, prayed about it really hard uh, and we string together a few ideas mm -hmm. and uh, we see pockets of opportunities and we were saying that everyone across my industry is uh, affected right. and there is always a demand for services for training uh, i think the most logical way to do it is to transfer it online like a lot of people that work from home today right. so we actually transfer the whole thing online and the assurance that we give ourselves myself and my partner is that uh, i don't think that there are many people in the same industry as me uh, the service providers, uh, right. they will be able to pivot and transfer to a plat the next platform very well. So I think even though the market is smaller, I think there will be lesser service providers for us. So I think that works for us, uh, but slowly uh, clients realize that they have to do something online and some right. of them are very keen into jumping into e-learning mm -hmm. and uh, we are just fortunate enough to work with those people who are keen to, to try and sit. Yeah. Now, you were trained as a lawyer, more specifically in corporate litigation and intellectual property. So tell us your story and how you came about to the decision to go into corporate training. Did you like stumble upon it by accident or was it something you knew you wanted to do at some point in your life? It's because 
when I started off to be a lawyer, I put all my heart and soul into it. Uh, the reason why I to become a lawyer in those days, I think if I were to tell you what I'm influenced by mm-hmm. in order to become a lawyer, you would definitely know my age. All right, so it was <laughs> LA Law. You know, I remember that show. Yep. show. All right, I know it's a pretty trivial way to say that I want to enter the legal profession, mm-hmm. but right. Uh, the truth is, yes, you know, it sounds like a very glamorous thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I studied law and I make it a point to complete everything. Right. Despite uh, some of my friends are very, uh, you know, they're tempted to, I know after I get a law degree, I go and do this, I go and do that. <laughs> I'm, right. so, I'm so focused, you know, I did my, my CLP and my chambering and I wow. practice law <laughs> and I, I, I enter a big law firm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and I do something that you know at that time is called intellectual property, right. patent designs and and trademarks and stuff like that it was mm-hmm. quite a niche right. in those days, and yeah, I think I thought life is quite set for me, uh, <laughs> but after a number of years practicing, right. mm-hmm. uh, I'm the type of lawyer that argue with people for a living. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I go to court, you know, I'm the right, type right. of lawyers that go mm-hmm. to court, right? So uh, after four or five years, I think my, I start to see that negativity have just spilled over to my private life, All right. my personal mm-hmm. life. And it becomes really scary. I don't really like the person that I see in the mirror. I become <laughs> argumentative and, you know, I, I'm quite depressed at the time. So I say, I, I think I need to do something. Uh, it happens to be, you know, my wife, uh, she's also pivoting into corporate training. Uh, right. She used to do education, technical training uh, for HP. Oh, all right. Uh, okay. But not in soft skills, not in leadership, but uh, she sees that there's an opportunity in it. And mm-hmm. I say that, you know, the only thing that I can contribute is maybe I can talk, lah, you know, <laughs> since I'm a lawyer, right? So right. maybe I can talk, but I do, definitely don't have much experience. But I think that is a good move, yeah. Uh, and I'm thankful for the early clients that give us the opportunity and trust us and saying that, you know, I didn't see much track record in you, but, uh, you know, please come and train my people. I'm sure. still very grateful uh, to people like them, you know. Uh, it's amazing, right? Because I don't believe in self made men or women. Because along the way, someone gives you an opportunity to start. Right. Nobody starts with a track record. So yes. uh, I'm just thankful to those people All right, um, in my past. Yeah. Did you have to provide mock lessons or classes or sessions so that the you know, people in the organization would you know, be impressed by you or, or know how you perform before mm-hmm. engaging you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I did a little bit of that. Uh, of course, uh, of course, they have to see how I speak mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think one of the things that I learned from a mentor, mm-hmm. and yeah, speaking about that, yeah, we do have a mentor at that time. Uh, we do fashion ourselves like him. Uh, right. He started his company, mm-hmm. same name as ours, uh, Everest Innovation Private right. Limited in Singapore. And we did uh, Everest Innovations and Jerome Brahat here, and there is an understanding between them, he and us, that uh, we, we use the same brand for the first few years mm-hmm. of our work. Yeah. So okay. now we call ourselves First Joy. Uh, we have been doing that for the past 12 years or so. We have rebranded. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at that time, we were working and leveraging on his credentials as well. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, we sell his training. 
So when he trains, we we tag along and we right. co-train with him. Mm-hmm. So after a while, you know, we can tell people that we also have done training ourselves. All right. So that gives us a little bit of a foothold into people's door, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and get people to trust us a little bit. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, that's what we do. We leverage on uh, his track record. Of course, mentoring is a very important, especially when you're starting out a new industry. Also, you mentioned about LA Law. I think a lot of people closer to our age would probably be inspired to do law because of LA Law. I mean, it makes the legal profession very cool with people walking around in nice suits, people you know discussing uh, their cases before the start of the day. I remember every episode, they'll always be sitting in a boardroom table and discussing. I think you remember that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm sure, you know, at one time, a lot of people want to be a forensic scientist. Yeah, right? because, because of CSI. Of CSI. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm one of those, yeah. Oh, really? I'm glad, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm the lawyer part, right? I'm sure other people are forensic scientists. Mm. But I'm glad that I'm into this uh, profession, even though I may not like it as much as I would. Uh, but it gives me a very good foundation. Right. There are two things that give me good foundation. Number one is my legal background, mm-hmm. and number two is learning how to sell. Ah, I think that okay. is really super useful. Yeah. Uh, myself and my wife, we were <laughs> involved in a multi-level marketing business. Oh, right. That I didn't know. <laughs> you know, nobody liked to speak to us because we will ask them to join some sort of membership <laughs> and buy some sort of products. You know, uh, yep. and and that in that few years, it train us to be more thick skin, mm. learn how to accept rejection yep. and try again and learn about the law of average and learn about how to follow up on sales. Yeah, right. I think that is the foundation and if I, a lot of people would ask me today, how do I get start up with, you know, get started with my business? I think mm-hmm. one of the most important skills is to learn how to sell. And after that is systems, mm-hmm. you know, after that then is extend, ex- expansion. All right. Without sales, there's no customer. Uh, yeah, businesses just doesn't run on a good product or a good service. Yeah, uh, in the opinion of the founder, you know, it doesn't work that way. That's how I feel. In the same way, I started off in a pharmaceutical career as well. Started off doing sales, waiting on doctors. So that uh, taught me a lot of lesson on patience, on waiting for people on listening to people understanding their needs before engaging them yeah so i think that those are actually very good skills to develop i believe you and your wife angeline share a similar core value whereby you set out to establish and restore the joy of work so given the current scenario in malaysia you know with the lockdown extended even further where people have to even currently now, work out of necessity to pay bills, to feed the family, to worry about what we call their daily bread. And also have to work long hours, no thanks to, of course, the MCO. So they, they work at home, they work long hours. Now, how can one find the joy of work? That is the crux of the whole thing for the pandemic. I think uh, before that, people need to enjoy their work. People need to feel that they are going somewhere or they are having a peace of mind. Uh, I think during the pandemic, it even heightened it even more. Uh, Just um, two weeks ago, I was doing a workshop uh, for a group of lecturers in a university. 
and uh, we were talking about all these things and I'm also training them and we talk about productivity and of course people will come up with work-life balance and uh, and I tell them and some of them agree in fact all of them agree that there is no such thing as work-life balance anymore or especially for those of them who need to do their work and lecture you know at home uh, using zoom and and everything uh, there's no such thing as work-life balance for them because they cannot draw a distinction anywhere whether they are working or they are at home because their children are running around and so on uh, it's more of like a work-life integration and it's more of like prioritizing and more of like uh, having peace in the in the time and place of chaos when your children are running around and things like that right yeah so i think is uh and and we talk about that in the training and and we exchange some views and things like that and one of the things that i say uh, it helps them to enjoy their work a little bit more is that now that since that your work life is integrated and a lot of them have young children at home and older parents at home and things like that uh, i said being kind to each other is very important right where you work it used to be in your office right most of the time but now it's at your home mm -hmm. all right being kind i just say just use two handles right number one be interested in the people around you that's right ask them you know how are they and what are they like and and how are they experiencing anything at home and things like that just be interested in them right. and the other one is to appreciate them to appreciate them and i think with that you have better relationships at home i think that will help you to enjoy your work and so when the crunch when push come to shove when the stress and the crunch time uh, you can always rely on those people around you to give you the support that you give you know it's like a law of reciprocity if you right. want kindness you give kindness you want appreciation you give appreciation right. and it will somehow return yeah so yeah so i think joy of work is very important and the other thing that we do a lot of is actually to help people with their emotional well-being uh, uh, a lot of emotional intelligence is part and parcel of it so we do quite a lot of it especially uh, this one year or two, we have quite a lot of requests of doing that. Yeah. Is it possible for an individual to find the joy of work while they are gainfully employed? Of course, we talked about uh, more tactical things earlier. But for most people, when they are in employment, they are still subject to upper management's decisions and stakeholders' obligations. And sometimes having to do the, the kind of thing that they don't particularly enjoy. And sometimes, they may go against their own principles because of what the upper management may require of them. What are your thoughts on this? Ah, there's a few things on this. Uh, I think I've written it in the book that I've written, uh, uh, Eight Success Qualities. Uh, I think one thing that you mentioned that, yeah, there are certain things that aspects of your work that you don't like when you're working with people. Uh, same with an entrepreneur, same with a self-employed person. Uh, not all aspects that of the things that we do every day is super exciting. That's right. right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you make a list of 10, 20 things, and if you find that 90% of them you don't 
enjoy, I think that is fundamentally seriously, you know, uh, have an issue about the workplace that you work. All right, it could be the work itself, or it could be us. Because a lot of times, it's not so much about the external thing. We control what we can control, all right. And things that we cannot control, we learn how to influence. But uh, sometimes, if everyone is everything that is not right at the workplace, all right, is either the workplace or the work itself, or us. Right. Uh, the best way to know this is that if you go to another workplace and you find that ninety percent of the things you don't like. All right, uh, and then after that you go on to the next workplace. Ninety percent of the stuff you don't like. Mm-hmm. All right, then maybe it's not the workplace, right? Maybe it's the person, right? Uh, yeah. So I think it's about making peace and saying that there are things that I enjoy, there are things that I don't enjoy, and if things that I enjoy outweighs the things that I don't enjoy, I think definitely that is a good place to start. All right. And the second thing is about well-being. And it's also about learning how to influence and talking to your boss, your manager, your supervisor, and just say that these are the things that I'm good at. I can do more of this. These are the things that I am not very good at. Uh, maybe my colleagues are good at, all right? Uh, and maybe we can enhance them a little bit, all right? Increase the things that we like at work. Yeah, I think that's how we find joy. At the workplace, there's no absolute, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the other end of the spectrum, so we're talking about those business owners and self-employed entrepreneurs now. Okay, so um, these business owners and self-employed entrepreneurs, especially of startups, feeling miserable because of a lot of these people have to balance the books, have to, you know, get very stressed up because you know it's about uh, making ends meet as well. So how can they find joy at work? Because they may have experienced the joy of work starting out, but after a prolonged period and the wind has left the sail, how can they translate the joy of work into joy at work? For me, I think I'm experiencing bits and pieces of what you say. Uh, and after 15 odd years, after a second business, I have a first failed business. Right. Uh, and, then, uh, and then we started off the second business. Um, after about 15 years into the second business, uh, the first business only lasted two years. Uh, we, we, myself and my wife, we lost our own money. Uh, we lost other people's money. Uh, only one of them are still our friend, I think. Still like my Facebook page, but uh, the, la- the, the rest not in contact anymore. Oh, yeah. So, but when it comes to that, right, um, mm-hmm. I think, if someone were to start a business, the person I recommend that if you want to start your own business, I recommend that you need to have that love for entrepreneurship. Mm. Because balancing the books, uh, uh, calculating your profits, getting your clients to pay you, all right, and things like that, that is part of entrepreneurship. If you don't enjoy that, I think it's... Uh, or, or, or the, the, the challenge of balancing your cash flow right. uh, and things like that. And I think if we don't enjoy that, I think we just, because we just love the idea of doing a product or doing a service alone and we don't have the love for entrepreneurship. 
I think it's very tough for people to to have a startup company. That's right. Uh, having said that, all right, you can always outsource all these boring bits. <laughs> uh, that you, is true. If mm-hmm. you if you have business, all right, as long right. as that's why I said in the beginning that if you do sales, you have you have selling skills, all right, and as long as they are traffic and money going through your business all right um, all these boring bits you can outsource it you can have people to do your books do your accounting That's you can right. employ people to do that you can outsource it mm-hmm. yeah but the other thing is that is i believe that nothing lasts forever even though your love for entrepreneurship is amazing your business is going well mm-hmm. uh, but there could be second phase and third phase of your life i read the book right. called half time uh, mm-hmm. uh, by bob buford uh, it's very interesting is that uh, people's priorities and and their needs for significance and so on changes along the way right. yeah so uh, i think if we if you ever have the privilege of running a business have a privilege of doing well all right uh, my saying is that don't feel guilty that you don't feel as good as what it used to be because probably you are at the half time of your life and you want to do go on and do something more significant yeah yeah which myself and my wife are at at the moment we are we are planning the second half all right uh, mm-hmm. doing certain things that are significant that that is may not be yeah the same as what we used to do yeah yeah i guess it's always uh, important to have that you know growth mindset and to always you know everything in its season i suppose so what may be something that is very important to you now i won't say may not be important in the future but its significance may be a lot less and there may be something else that comes in place that has taken over and has became more important as you move through you know different phases of your life so we're going to uh, change tracks a bit and we're going to talk about you the author so you are the author of success money and passion finding the perfect balance at work and you also co-authored um, eight success qualities of outstanding people with angeline uh, both these books are with angeline right yes yes Okay, so um, what were some of the challenges writing these books, and what were some of the winning moments or epiphanies, a moment of discovery you had encountered in your journey while writing the books? Yeah, I think the learning for me about writing books is this: uh, I don't really like writing, but I have went through quite a lot of experiences when we train and when mm-hmm. we coach people throughout the years. Right. Uh, and what motivates me to write is because number one, I've experienced all that, mm-hmm. and number two uh, is like what I said, the love of entrepreneurship right. uh, is something that can propel uh, my work uh, and my credentials, and uh, will also benefit of the people that comes through my training. Uh, yeah, because of that, I write, and I was quite disciplined about it mm-hmm. uh, i just set aside the time and set the target and say that uh, this is how much i'm going to write and uh, i'm going to finish it right whether i have inspiration or not oh. but most of the time is that when i start writing the inspiration comes it's not the ins- mm-hmm. 
it's not the inspiration comes then I start to write yeah mm-hmm. so I think that is something that helps me and I think the epiphany of uh, coming through uh, is that number one is that people do be able to benefit from the book mm-hmm. so I'm grateful that people like it uh, and it helps uh, in terms of credentials in the business right. and also um, we were fortunate enough that Avantage Quest decided to publish our first book and after that they requested for a second. Uh, mm. Before that, you know, uh, I was just telling myself that if I will never ever find a publisher, alright, uh, that's alright as well because that's why I printed the first version of it called The Joy right. of Work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they took it over, uh, they titled it something else because it's already printed. Right. Uh, self-published the first one the first version yeah but Advantage Quest is quite well known among uh, you know personal development self-help books and all because you know very often I I will have you know a few of these books and it's either uh, published or um, distributed by Advantage Quest so I do have those uh, John C. Maxwell books and all that that has that sticker um, distributed by Advantage Quest so I guess those people in this circle will probably know about that that brand. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful that they are willing to take it on. Yeah, I'm just trying my best to do it. Yeah, of course, I think a little bit of prayer helps. Yep. <laughs> and earlier you mentioned that the discipline is the one that provides the inspiration, right? Because you were disciplined at it, and then the inspiration comes once you you set aside time to work at it. If I get that correct from you. Yeah, yes, because uh, I do know people that they write when they have when inspiration strikes. Yeah, but I'm definitely not one of them. More recently, you also have some short five-minute videos on YouTube on personal development tips. Now I like those. Now um, tell us what inspired you to do this because I thought the production value seems rather polished. Did you have a production team uh, doing that with you? And I especially like it when you use the Lego Star Wars figurine. What inspired you to do this? Again, was it discipline that inspired you or this came out of a Eureka moment? It started off with a crisis. Oh. A crisis that left us with no work, everyone cancelled. Uh, that was the first year of pandemic. We right. started off with that crisis and I have time in my hand. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that, and I also start to realise that people don't read books anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking that maybe I should write a third book, you know, now that I have time on my hands, right? Mm-hmm. Then I realized that maybe people don't read books as much as they used to be. Watching videos is all the rage and uh, people want uh, <laughs> bike size and things like that. Then mm-hmm. I say, okay, why don't I, as a progression of the books, you know, the two books, instead right. of writing some more, mm-hmm. uh, Go and summarize it, you know, pick up some of the nuggets and things like that that I like uh, and do a video about it. And I said, when I do a video, you know, it's maybe I need to string them up together. So the only thing that I can think of is co-relationship with each other. Right. Uh, so that's where the Lego figurines come about because I use Lego figurines and Lego blocks in some of my training as well. Right. Uh, but before that, I started off because, you know, uh, if I tell you, then you know my age again. It was those days <laughs> that people collect Snoopy figurines from oh, yeah. 
from McDonald's. Yes. All right. I'm advertising for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So during my courtship days, I used to faithfully collect and gave it to my wife. Wow. My girlfriend. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have tons of it, you know. I only miss a few, you know, in the entire whole collection. So at first, I thought maybe we should do that. All right, uh, I will say, you know, I will introduce a figurine. I will just say that this is, you know, the thirty-two uh, <laughs> thirty. I'm going to challenge myself to have thirty-two videos based on the thirty-two figurines that we have. Wow. <laughs> uh, then after, this is the first draft of my idea. Then my wife always give input, right? <laughs> my wife will say, number one, 32 is a little bit too long. Uh, you might run out of gas. Uh, number two, Snoopy may not be all the rage, you know. Maybe Lego will be more all the rage because they have the Star Wars version and all the That's right. amazing version, right? Uh, and and with the movies and, and all, yep. Mm-hmm. And with movies and things like that. And say that since that you have those lying around, why don't you pick it up? So I go and collected, go back to my office and collected 30, uh, I mean about 20 of them. And then I said, okay, now I'll deduce it to 18. It sounds yeah. good, you know, because my book is eight success quality. So I deduce it to 18. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, the production is all by myself nice. uh, in this place, and half of it is in my office. Mm-hmm. And um, I like doing some photography and things like that. So during the pandemic, yep. I brush up on my videography skills. Right. Uh, my best tutor is through YouTube. Right? <laughs> uh, and uh, bought uh, bought myself an editing software and find that it's very interesting that editing software now this is so easy to use and and you have all these uh, special effects and things right. like that so i find that that is quite amazing and interesting so i just experiment with myself and and did that 18 videos yeah so for those of you who are listening in today you can go and check out daniel's uh, video called the 18 personal development tips following today's session what is one take-home advice you like to give the listeners of this podcast? Um, if you are listening in and you may be hoping that you might find some, some ideas about working better or have some sort of uh, peace in where you work and enjoy your work a little bit, yeah, I just want to encourage people who are like that. Uh, is that it's the little things that you do right every day and success will come based on the accumulation of the little things that we do right along the way in a consistent manner and i do not dare to claim that this is my own wisdom i learned it from someone when we just started off in our career Mm -hmm. Uh, it's from jim ron amazing motivational speaker i i really like his work uh too bad that he just uh, passed away recently. Uh, he said this, uh, you know, it's the little things that you do and when it accumulated, that's where you become a success. Like attending your meetings, being on time, being disciplined to write whatever that you need to write or do whatever you need to do. Go and invest in that relationship that you need to invest and do the little things for the people that you love and you respect around and so on and so forth, right? So if you do all these things right consistently, all right, uh, it's very amazing. 
times will come that you know all these things will come back and you know give you the reward that you want uh, so many of our clients all right uh, we have been having really good relationship with them we have been adding value to what they do some of them we don't see them much after a while we finish a project with them and guess what during the pandemic as it progresses as they have have something that they want to do they will reach out the zoom not not phone anymore they reach out their zoom and talk to us you know right. so that is quite amazing so it's those little things yeah uh, can you imagine that if you were to do those little things wrong and consistently all right uh, if you have a chocolate bar a day instead of an apple a day all right uh, can you see the consequences of yeah definitely yep. both sides yeah yep. both ends yeah so i think that will be my parting words or wisdom if you like to call it that but i would say that is wisdom from jim rod not me all right Okay, uh, thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you for spending time uh, with us this afternoon. Gopidiam Conversations.